hey, everybody, we got sad news today. Tim Sales passed away. Um, as usual, we're going to do a retrospective, talk about his career. I have my top guys here, Cal and Petey. Say what's up, gents. What up? So, Petey, can you give us a little background on Tim Sales? Oh, I mean, I mean, he's just a talented artist that did a lot of work for DC. He's done some couple few things for Marvel, but he really made his bones at um, DC. I think his, when his first work was um, doing independent stuff. I think the thing was the story called um, um, Amazon. But um, yeah, he started there. He had his, he did some Legends of the Dark Knight, the early story, I think it was called like Blades. Where you could see his um mature girl is like using like like harsh lighting similar to Starenko or Frank Miller, and then um you know he started working with Jeff Loeb where they did um the first thing they did was um the Challenges of the Unknown which um you know this didn't have any real buzz to it but there were people watching that team and that team would go off and they would do the you know legends of the, they would do the dark knight of the special and then they did the the big thing of course they did the two parts they had the long halloween and the and dark dark was a dark victory and then of course there was a couple there was also catwoman went in rome but with that success they also took they took they took the road over to marvel and they did spider-man blue daredevil yellow you know hulk gray hulk gray captain america know, so. white and that, that that was one of the last ones they did together. But they also went to do um, TV. Jeff Loeb was already in, in in Hollywood, and after his big success with the X Men, he then goes back to Hollywood and does TV and does Heroes. And you see some of the art with the you know save the team. It was a change the cheerleader, save the world. That drawing of the, of the cheerleader was done by Tim Sale. So um, yeah, I mean, his definite talent. Um, you know, it's uh, it's great that he was able to being a fan of his. It's great to see that he, you know, became big with the fans. And um, you know, there's a couple, you know, as a, as far as a small body of a work, it's still a great body of work of stuff. So, um, I guess we'll get more. Um, I guess pass it off to Cal. You want to you want to add anything? Uh, I'm trying to remember my first. I'm trying to remember what was the first story that I got into at Tim's sale. And it was probably Superman for all seasons. Mm -hmm. At least that's the first one that I can remember. I was not very taken with the story, but always liked it. Well, to be frank, I like his art with Batman more than I like what he did with Superman overall. But the Marvel stories, the Daredevil Yellow, Hulk Gray, Spider-Man Blue, really enjoy that. I had the pleasure of meeting Tim Sale years ago. No, no. What am I saying? It, the first thing wasn't that. It, uh, it was the long. It was the long Halloween stuff, and that stuff was great. I have the uh, absolute editions on my. I have the absolute editions on my shelf, and just really great art with a nice signature style. It uh, it works perfectly for. It works perfectly for a comic book. It like really marries that, like you were saying, with the shading, slightly risk, slightly realistic, uh, definitely heavy on the uh, the the cartoon aspect but just so much eye appeal at the end of the day the way that he that he rendered it and his storytelling was just superb him and Jeff Loeb definitely worked well together um I don't I don't know if it was his, I don't know was his health ailing because he was he, you know he, he's passed away at a pretty 
I mean, it's 66, right? But yeah. still, you know, still very, you know, young, all things, you know, all things considered. I saw some images of him. I wasn't certain if he was ailing from anything, but uh, man, this has just been a year, right? We lose Neil Adams, you know, we, we lose George Perez, we lose Tim Sale. And the year's not even, and the year's not even half over. Yeah, he passed of kidney failure. Man. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's kind of rough. I mean, but you're right. I mean, the long kiss, good, not long kiss, the long, the long Hallery is probably one of the most seminal uh, works that he was involved in. I mean, then the, the brand new movie by what Matt Reeves um, took inspiration from that, from Jeff Lowe and his, and his collaboration on, on the long, um, long Halloween. So it's interesting that at the top now that he's being remembered for um, helping to, to, to bring back Batman on the big screen, his story took, was, a, was, was, a, was a, a big part of that, that now he will, he would pass away. So it's, uh, it's pretty sad, unfortunately. I guess for me, he had a story, a thing that was going to be his own creator on thing called The Killing Floor that uh, I think he was still formulating in his head over a number of years that never came out. And always kind of wished there was a, a storyline between Jeff Loeb and him over on the Fantastic Four since Jeff Loeb said the Fantastic Four was his favorite, um, his favorite um, comic. And he's only done like, I think, um, scripting um, Carlos Pacheco's um, run when they needed someone to kind of help out with the dialogue, the translation from, I think, um, from Spanish to English, getting it kind of clear. So I think that's the only thing I can think of as a artist that was left on the table for me. But otherwise, looking at the body of the work and the I also would add the approach because he did do, he did, if you look at the Long Halloween, he was doing the very illustrative, I mean, the storytelling was a million times better than the image stuff, but he was doing heavy, like big, large panels, double page spreads, stuff like that you you would see in the image book, but it was storytelling was so much stronger. And with um, Jeff Loeb kind of not going full on like um, captions and and dialogue, he would keep it like X-Men sparse, almost like a like a like a diehard type of script where it'd be some of there'd be poignant stuff, but it'd be very sparse, you know, and to be like, um, I guess, similar to the Wolverine miniseries where Chris Claremont kind of pulled back on a lot of the the captions and dialogue trying to be more like Frank Miller. So it's kind of that approach to dialogue and scripting stuff and that approach to keeping his art that that much open has kind of really changed way people look at captions and dialogue where they don't they're like that's too much <laughs> but there's times you find you go like i was reading the long halloween and some some of the points go go by really quickly and i remember he had a you know jeff Loeb had a bouncy style on the x-men and seeing that they weren't kind of going full-on frank miller in the um because it's you know their inspiration was the year one for the long halloween and they weren't going into heavy captions heavy like like too much of it they had some of it but it wasn't like they'd be these big panels of art and then it'd be like a couple of captions here and there <laughs> so it's like that approach to comics is still kind of felt where people kind of don't want much description of anything on these panels where some sometimes you need it you know but um they did it well they showed you you know but the storytelling has to be that strong 
to do something like that. And that's what people forget. They kind of look at that for inspiration and say, yeah, it should be, it's, it's pictures, not overdo with words, but you had a great storyteller in, in, um, in Tim Sale where you can convey, like even in the, in the, wasn't it Superman for all seasons, they don't really get into a heavy story, but it's mainly the emotion and the moments of these of the characterization that kind of comes out of this thing, where it doesn't have basically a big, you know, we're getting they had a little bit of a, a supervillain plot in it, but it's more about his interaction with his, you know, it's in Smallville and going to Metropolis, and then you get later with Darwin Cook, he did a couple of things. The Superman was it Superman Confidential with Kryptonite and um, Date Night in the Solo series. So yeah, as far as the artist, you know, coming into his own. And, um, you know, being a talent outside of the big money projects like Wolverine Gambit, you know, he really, you know, put a stamp on things, so. And what do you think about his, his, his collaboration? Probably one of his most fruitful collaborations. Huh? Sorry, should I again? And also, this is a nice book to get. There was two editions. This is the second edition. It has some of the stories. It has some heroes pictures. And it also has some stories you haven't seen before in the back. But it also told about the killing floor, which he was still kind of formulating in his head. But it's one of those things where, you know, artists is kind of like something I want to do, but they don't want to kill themselves with it. They're just like, I'm going to let it come to me. And then the three million other projects get in the way of that. So, but yeah, it's a good book. Sorry, what were you saying? I said that one of his most um, pop, um, one of his more frequent collaborators was Jeff Loeb. Mm -hmm. You know, which is uh, pretty interesting, and, and again, some of the, his top works that are now in film: the long, the long, uh, long Halloween, Dark Victory, um, When in Rome. You know, all part of that whole new mythos that we're going to be having with um, Matt Reeves coming up. You know, good stories that were popular that people wanted to see and continue. But that was basically what the early, the the, the late two, th the late nineteen nineties, early two thousands, right, Cal? Probably like mid, right? Yeah, about that. About that. And so after that, that's when he moved on to doing the uh, Superman. What did you say it was Superman? Superman for all seasons. Superman for all seasons. And, and what was that about? Uh, that was, I mean, this is one of, it was a very well-received story that humanizes Superman. It's, uh, there was this quote, I think that, I think you can attribute it to Mark Wade, where he said he wanted to focus on more of the man and less of the super, that sort of thing. So this is Superman coming to Metropolis, his early days there and the things he has to contend with, but trying to focus on more of the more of the Clark Kent aspect of the character than anything else. And at the time, you know, I thought it was a pretty good story, but they did so many of these over time that it lost a lot of resonance. It lost a lot of resonance with me, but that's pretty much the long and the short of it. What happened to his career afterwards? Um, his run up at, well, I don't remember seeing much after 2008, I guess. Well, he was still doing, he was still doing cover work, you know, up until, I mean, I had, he was recently doing cover work with DC Comics and then I hadn't seen anything from him. And then of course you hear that he passes away, you know, he, I, you know, didn't, it wasn't like a situation with George Perez where, you know, I knew he was ill, but, you know, I know he was doing cover work. I don't know what he might've been working on independently, but he was still active. Okay. However, if, you know, if you're experiencing 
you know, kidney failure, you're only going to be so active at the end of the day. So if he's not doing projects and you don't see him doing a lot of work, he was probably turning out whatever he could turn out while, you know, tending to his health. Thanks. What do you, it, what do you guys make that it's DC that made the announcement? I mean, is that typical normally the, the, the one of the colleagues announce something like this or would it normally go through just, you know, his family releasing the information? Did DC made the, the initial announcement that he was dead or DC made oh, an announcement that he was that's, dead? That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, the announcement that I saw was from Jim Lee. So good point. Yeah, he was still working on covers. Cry. He was still connected to DC in that sense. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. He was. I think he he'll be recognized. He would be recognized in life and after as primarily somebody who worked on successful DC projects. So that's not you know that's not a surprise. PD, anything else you want to add? Um. Well, I mean, they were, it's interesting that they, him and Jeff Loeb were good for like a sort of poignant series on a character. And, um, you know, I guess they, they separated for a little while, but if, I think I'm pretty sure the friendship was always still there. But um, yeah, so I mean, just a talent, this someone that I always purchased whatever he was doing just to see what was going on. And like Cal said, there's also a you know, period post those series where he was doing a great run of covers on Batman. So, I mean, yeah, you can see, and then you can see like things like Eduardo Rizzo kind of was in between what Miller was doing and what um, Sale was doing. So definitely an artist that was um, kind of influential. And um, yeah, it's just a sad thing to hear because it's, you know, you'd see him on Twitter, see some pictures that he was doing, stuff like that. And, um, you know, <laughs> I think there's one Twitter thing where he pointed out, he was, he was like saying some of what, you know, we look at what comic book storytelling is supposed to be, but then we go to some of the old stuff and the storytelling is kind of wacky, but we kind of say that this is what it is. But he was mainly just a, you know, it seemed like a, like a cool guy and it's sad to hear that he going through that. And, um, 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 yeah. So yeah, so it's a, a definite talent. Um, sad to see him that he's not with us. And I, as I was saying, I was looking for more stuff. So, you know, what can I yeah. say? And with him passing away, of course, this is no different than I guess any. It's similar to Art World that he passes away, and now there's a great interest in some of his more. Uh, yeah, some of his more significant collaborations with Jeff Loeb and some of the stuff he did independently. He did an issue of, uh, there was a DC series entitled Solo and he uh, did the first issue a cover with uh, Catwoman. And I remember I had a copy of that up for sale for three years, nobody wanted it. And now, you know, now it's, of course it's gone. So you, you definitely have that reaction as well. But I, I've never been, a, I have never, never uh, been a fan of that that uh, once the artist passes away, now all of a sudden there's interest and, you know, the art hasn't changed, hasn't changed at all. It's just as good when they're living as it is when they pass away. So we should definitely try to say more about these prominent artists and these great guys who are doing all these great things or have done them, you know, while they're here and they can actually even answer questions or speak to it or be interviewed about it, as opposed to a large amount of interest once they've passed away. 
I, I agree, but you know, unfortunately, people remember things after the fact, unfortunately. And you know, of course, some things, so many things are going on and happening that only until later. But I wanted to just show some of these great scenes from Long, uh, Long Halloween. I mean, the, the art, the color, you know, just the, the amount of stuff that is just telling you the story in and of itself. And you see Batman, the way he's drawn. You see the Catwoman, how muscular. You see how the the the, the boats are going. You know, just absolutely beautiful the art um I, I love the the beginning the beginning um image that you have you have a batman in black and white basically and he says i made a promise and just see half of them and then you look to the other side you see a much more muscular robust batman to my parents involved that i would uh, rid the city of the evil i just like the way that whole thing moves and looks you know uh, and of course then you see the all black in the count, you see the yellow through the, 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 the window blinds. And you, of course, see the Halloween, um, uh, the color, the red in the background, the eyes. Love it, love it, love it, you know? And this is probably one of the most arresting looking comic books that I saw uh, when I was growing up. So talent that we've lost, talent that we have, uh, you know, and we're glad for some of the work that he was involved in that, uh, that we like to enjoy. Yeah, no, it's and let's see. You can see that approach, that approach in keeping it, you know, having I mean, I'm not I'm not against having a lot of dialogue and captions, but you can see this point, especially that first page with Bruce Wayne, you know, it's kind of um really kind of their approach to how how to do comic books and people kind of took it took it to heart. Whereas, but you really need strong storytellers to be able to pull this type of stuff off, because a lot of stuff has to be said in the artwork that a lot of people can't do, you know. And um, and other times your story dictates how much dialogue you need. So, yeah, it does. It does. So, gentlemen, is there anything else you guys want to add to this? Rest in peace. Tim Sale, you will yeah. be missed. And those is to Mr. Sal's family. Yep. Sunrak? Sunrak, out. How did you pronounce his last name? Mars. Stop, Petey. What? Spinrack out. Stop the video recording. <laughs>